This episode of Talk Your Book is proudly brought to you by Honan, providing a complete range of insurance, risk and financial solutions. Bundy's called me up, told me to take a look, but stay stubborn as bulls and talk their own book. Get the money, get the money, get, get the money. Hi, I'm Chris Judd and you're watching Talkie Book and today we're joined by June Bay Lou from Tribeca Investment Partners. June Bay, thanks very much for coming back on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Chris. It's always great to chat. Now, I thought before we get into your stock pick of choice, if we could start with Tribeca Investment Partners, and I know you run a long short strategy there, but how do you guys look to invest and uh, how are you finding these markets? Look, um, not, yeah. so I run the Longshore Fund for uh, for Tribeca, and um, you know what we uh, aim to do is that we uh, we buy the company we love, don't do a lot of research about it. We buy the company we love, and then we short the companies where we think the share price will fall. Um, so, um, as the name suggests, that we benefit from rising share prices as well as falling share prices. Um, so, the current market condition actually works fantastic for our fund, um, simply because you know we we not only benefiting from low and falling. Uh, we we can actually um, use that to buy any company we like, even when market sentiment is against it. Um, so, you know, take it for example, early this year, um, healthcare names were sold off in a big way uh, because they were too expensive. But, you know, easy way for us to do is that we can jump in and buy when most managers couldn't, and then we can short other um, expensive companies against it. And in return, we had generated a very big return uh, very quickly. Um, and same goes for many, many sectors. So we don't, um, you know, during market market volatile times, many managers worry about portfolio become too risky and everything. We always remain neutral, um, and then we can buy things whenever we need to. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know the current market condition is fantastic. And what stock did you want to talk about today? We'll talk about this one. It's very interesting. Um, it's really lagged uh, many, many uh, other businesses, especially this reopening theme sort of businesses. Um, and uh, one of the very few companies that haven't really has seen the share price going through the roof. Um, that is Ramsey Healthcare. Um, you know, the, the, this company, we probably all know the name. Uh, it is to provide, um, you know, the premium private hospital service around Australia, largest player, um, and also many Many years ago, it bought into UK, has good exposure there, and as well as uh, push, um, a part of uh, the part of the French uh, private hospital business. Now, this business for many, many years have grown the companies or grow its earning consistently, um, simply because you know private hospital uh, elective surgery is um, uh, it's uh, it's it's very defensive growth. And then as people um, you know getting older and things, there's a lot of elective surgery volume continue to grow. Uh, in the sort of mid single digit and then the pricing continued to grow. So this company used to deliver high single digit growth excluding acquisition year in and year out. Now, um, the opportunity came when uh, obviously COVID took place and uh, uh, you know the people couldn't go to elective surgery. All the hospital beds was need to, needed to be open for potential COVID-related illness. Um, and so the earnings for this business was impacted enormously, uh, pretty much went to zero. Um, Ramsey at the time actually stepped up and helped the community, gave out a lot of their medicine and things um, uh, uh, to help out the community on COVID. And that was great 
great big tick for them. But clearly, business went through a very tough time. Um, and um, and finally, in the last six months, um, and we beginning to see some of the green shoots. But Australia, if you remember, we were still in lockdown six months ago. So it's just taking time for the uh, for the surgery volume to recover um, as people started moving out and about and decide to move on with the surgery they need to do. Now, one good indicator of where the earning is going uh, or lead indicator is the um, public hospital waiting list. Now, this used to be less than six months, and more recently, it has gone through the roof. It is now over two years, in some cases, close to three years sort of uh, waiting uh, experience. Now, these are the waiting list and lead indicator for where the patients will be for the Ramsey hospitals, and we know the earning will be incredibly strong over the next few years. Um, so, yeah, so this company represents fantastic value for us with the volumes recovering, going to deliver double digits earnings growth um, with or without economic activity, um, you know, improving or um, stay at a certain level. Um, we all heard quite a lot of uh, people worry about, are we heading recession? Are we going to this? Are we going to be stable? Um, guess what? For this company, for this investment, you don't really require um, the economic activity to stay as at where it is. It is very defensive earning its private hospital. Uh, and the volume is going to recover from the very, very low volume, uh, low level that experienced previously. Um, and so all of that together, company going to grow, defensive earnings. Um, now, the balance sheet is a little bit different. We'll touch on that later. Um, but, um, you know, and the company, um, you know, if you listen to all these characteristics, you'd be thinking it must be so expensive, but it's not. Um, the company actually was just being bid for by private equity a few months ago. Um, and, um, you know, because a small differential in pricing, plus there's a bit of, um, you know, at the moment, a bit of indigestion in the uh, merger acquisition market um, for the temporary uh, investment banking loan, um, that has caused, caused the uh, private equity player to moved away to step away um, and the share price the bid price was $88 um, the share price now less than 55 um, and um, and this company um, was trading on uh, $72 before even private equity came into bid for them um, so if you look at this uh, sort of um, uh, sort of uh, valuation the company is incredibly um, uh, what's the word um, you know full of intrinsic value at this point a um, lot of assets sitting on the balance sheet not yet rewritten uh, revalued. Um, they sort of carry out this historical value. Um, and um, and then with a business that's just, um, you know, incredibly defensive and um, in a really, really good structurally growth uh, spots. So let's dig into a few of those things. Maybe let's start with the KKR-led consortium that tried to buy it recently and have walked away. Do you see them gone for good or could you see a world where they come back in six to 12 months if, if cap capital markets settle down a bit from here? Yeah, look, I, I do see someone will come back, whether it's them or whether it's in different form. Um, KKR has done work for, has been engaging with, or not engaging, has done uh, work with Ramsey for the last three years. And then finally, when they launched the bid, um, they have you know, know a lot about the business and they're very keen to bring it on board. Now, at the end, how it walked away, I do need to talk a little bit about, you know, cap capital market dislocation at this point, is that, um, you know, in the US, in September, you probably remember that um, the bond yield started becoming very volatile um, and, um, you know, because people worry about inflation and recession and suddenly everything else. Bond yield jumped significantly, which means um, the debt has become more and more significantly more expensive. Now, in the US market, um, the investment banks, um, 
they normally work with um, you know companies uh, to do M&A deals, and they take those debts, they provide them with a short-term debt, and then they syndicate out that debt. Um, uh, they call it M&A debt, you know, merger acquisition debt. So they syndicate that out within two weeks. Now, because the market becomes dislocated and the bond yield jumps significantly, no investment bank wants to take a loss on it because they know they will sell it. Um, it just at this point um, things are a bit you know unstable so a lot of them just held that um held that long back and they said look we'll syndicate that out later um but what that that means is that you know going forward all the deals sort of has been put on hold um that's part of the actually big reason of why um the deal the debt uh, didn't take place the m a couldn't take place but my view is that by next year while a lot of those excessive debt has worked through um you know the market will, uh, will function again um and there's a lot of m a deal will come through and ramsey is certainly top of the market top of top of mind for a lot of them. And you mentioned the revenue hit that, that COVID caused Ramsey. There's also their cost base went up significantly. You know, running anything become a lot more challenging uh, during COVID, particularly in the healthcare space. Do you think those costs can come down? And if so, when do you think they can start to rationalise the cost increases that, that COVID caused them? Yeah, absolutely. So cost is a big issue, especially for private health hospitals, nurse difficult to come back. Um, it's uh, It was interesting to observe. So during the pandemic, there's been a lot of significant pressure on nursing staff. Um, and uh, we have seen a lot of people actually leaving the industry uh, and not coming back to the nursing. Now, one of the big thing is that um, the border was closed for a very long period of time. And previously, we used to bring nurses in from overseas um, because we couldn't and there was people leaving the industry. So there was significant pressure on you know, finding people and then what you pay them. So there was a lot of costs that came through. Um, but what we have seen, though, the government has actually been really, really quick in moving on to approve visas for work visas uh, to bring people in. So we started seeing actually that side of things loosening up. Um, and we do hope over, um, you know, next 12 months or so, as the mobility improves, um, that cost will gradually get better. Now, for this business, because Ramsey is pretty much a fixed cost business, when revenue goes to zero, where they couldn't open for business, um, the, the, the cost is... Um, you know, it's 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 it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> so um, and uh, so for them, the earning will recover sharply just as the top line started coming back, and we know it will simply because um, you know the the borders or well, the, um, the the hospital is open now. People can go to hospital, can do the elective surgery with the long waiting list. So that's almost guaranteed the revenue coming back. Um, and so net net. They, um, the, the, the profit will gradually getting better, actually gradually getting better this year, and then by next year, it should be up significantly. And there, was, there was speculation that if KKR got Ramsey Healthcare, that they'd sell and lease back the, the property portfolio of hospitals. Do you think that's still a possibility? And what sort of capital could that free up if, if that was a path that Ramsey went down? Sure, yeah, so there's a $600 million of property, um, premium property that's sitting on the balance sheet. And for Ramsey, um, it's not a company that has actually consistently revalued their property mm-hmm. on the way up. So, you know, we all know what happened to the property price in the last few years. It got up 40, 50% in just a few years. They have never really revalued all of that. So, um, so this is the value that is sitting in Ramsey's structure, um, the sale leaseback. We've seen other hospital groups done it. We've seen, you know, HealthScope, that's a, the other 
other hospital, the second largest hospital chain, they've done it when private equity took it over. They split it up and they did all of that. Um, it's absolutely workable structure. Um, and Ramsey has talked to um, potentially they will review it. Um, but as we know, Ramsey board is incredibly um, What's the word? Very, uh, uh, very conservative. Um, they don't really want to um, overvalue or overgear because ultimately, if you sell lease back, you put gearing into the business. You know, it's a, it's a commitment that you have to pay. Uh, it's rental. Um, so the, you know, the board is very conservative. But if private equity takes over this business, absolutely, that's the number first thing they will do, and that's premium asset. Uh, we can see a lot of interest in that in that portfolio. And with about twenty seven percent of the Australian market that Ramsey hold. Is it realistic that they can continue to grow through acquisition in Australia or have they sort of reached saturation point where the ACCC would step in if they tried to grow too much locally from here? Look, with Ramsey, I think the growth um, domestically will probably more through uh, the brownfield, the greenfield. So the brownfield is the existing hospital. You expand a little bit um, and um, and then make them better, better theatre, better equipment, and you attract more doctors. And then these brownfield normally generate, you know, your um, return on your capital is something like 18 months. It's very quick. It's very profitable. Uh, and they've been doing that for years. Um, and the other one is uh, greenfield. They have a few greenfield uh, lined up, but that's not going to be um, you know huge growth driver um, but you know over over time it's really just you know these two components to drive it instead of buying businesses um, just because um, it's yeah you know um, the next big hospital chain is uh, healthscope <laughs> that's pretty much it um, so it's really have to grow organically in this market but don't forget they don't really need to take um, you know, grow or buy businesses to grow within the Australian market at this point. Volume is at all time low. Um, they've got all these work, waiting lists to work through. Uh, so the volume, so so the actual industry itself will grow phenomenally, um, and uh, and being the largest player in this market, quality player uh, that they have held on to their staff. Um, you know, they they will recover in much better shape than any of other competitors. And we know the Great Britain Pound has been trading like the Mexican peso recently. They've already got a presence in uh, in the UK. Could you see them capitalising on their their currency weakness over there in the UK and perhaps looking to expand uh, in that market? Look, um, it's it, there's a possibility, um, but my view is that um, the company is probably looking to. Um, you know, to, to see the recovery of the core business um, and uh, within Australia, because, you know, we will recover in the next few years. So they will probably see that cash flow coming through uh, before they start making um, making a decision to buy more. Um, as I said before, that the board is very conservative. They don't want to uh, take on unnecessary risk, um, you know, by gearing up the balance sheet a lot of, because domestically business hasn't become fully cash flow, um, you know, 100% cash flow pre-COVID. Um, so, you know, they will be very taking a very conservative approach, but absolutely, um, they're in many markets, and these markets represent a lot of value at the moment. And if any of those guys um, opportunity come up, remember they were trying to, um, you know, uh, buy a business over there, and uh, you know, and they didn't quite come through. Um, you know, there there is absolutely um, uh, opportunity for them to do so, but I do think it will take some time for them to pull the trigger. And so talk, talk us through the numbers. What's the market cap? What do you think their PE will be at the end of FY23? And, um, and talk to me about their balance sheet and, and where that currently sits. Yeah, the market cap is over $20 billion, so it is a big gorilla. Um, and uh, and the, in terms of the earnings for next year, um, the company 
remember this year we're still yet to recover to full um, pre-COVID level. We're still in that sort of uh, start sort stop level for elective surgery to gradually come back. So this year is over 23 times in terms of multiple, but by next year it's falling way below 20. It's on 18 times. So this is 20, um, 2024 uh, because that is the only first uh, fair estimate of what the company normally earned before COVID. So, um, so on that basis, the company trading on very cheap valuation um, hasn't been this cheap for many, many years, um, you know, especially when the earnings are going to grow. Um, over the next three years, we expect the earnings to grow a 35% um, a sort of compounded EPS growth that is incredibly strong. That's awesome. June Bay, thanks very much for coming back on. Always great to chat to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to chat. This episode of Talk Your Book was proudly brought to you by Honan, who go beyond a transactional insurance broker to deliver better outcomes for their clients. If you're enjoying Talk Your Book, make sure you subscribe to Chris Judd Invest.